Welcome to the Word of Faith Sermon Podcast with Pastor Hagen Lister. Join in with us today, ready to grow in your knowledge of the Bible with practical application for your everyday life. If you're interested in following or learning more, join us on our Facebook page at WOFTX or check out our website at WOFTX.com for location and service times. Now here's Pastor Hagen with today's message. Proverbs, the 31st chapter. Everybody probably knew I was going to this scripture, but I want to talk to you this morning about the the ministry of motherhood. And uh, I always say this and always sneaks up on me and and, um, Christy never seems to remind me that I've I've told her for like two years she's going to preach Mother's Day, but she doesn't seem to ever remind me. And I was thinking about it uh, this morning when I was getting ready and stuff, and I thought, she, she got out of it again this year. So, But anyway, um, I'm, I'm not coming from the perspective uh, of a mother, obviously, but I'm coming from the perspective of someone who has been mothered and uh, also from, from a biblical perspective of what uh, the Bible talks about and talks about moms. In Proverbs, the 31st chapter, the 28th verse, it says, Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. And so that's why we, we take this special day, and, but I think that it, it should be done more times than, than, it, than uh, others. Um, uh, just like any, any parent, um, a lot of the stuff that we do as parents, uh, especially moms, uh, goes under the radar. And it's, uh, it's kind of one of those things that um, you may neglect it if, you don't, if you're not careful and you, and you definitely don't notice it a lot of times until it's not there. Amen? And uh, what I mean by that is that, that encouragement, that nourishment, that love uh, that comes from a mother. And, um, and so it says her children rise up, not just on Mother's Day, but I believe that uh, you should, as, as children uh, of your mother, that you should rise up and call her blessed. And what does that mean by that? That, may, that means pronouncing blessings on your mom. You are blessed and not only pronouncing blessings on your mom, but make sure that you are blessing her. Uh, by, by the way you live and by the way you raise your family and then also by what you do uh, for her and, and how you encourage her. But rise up and call her blessed. And it says, and her husband does also. So it's not just the kid's job. Uh, it's also the husband's job uh, to, to rise up and call your wife blessed and praise her and thank her. Uh, again, not just on Mother's Day, but uh, thankfully somebody, uh, maybe it was Hallmark, I don't know, decided to, to create a holiday and, and say, hey, we need to take time every single year to make sure that every mother is, uh, is, is honored and, and blessed. And so that's a good thing, but we need to do it more than just on Mother's Day. Motherhood is a ministry, a ministry of teaching and preparing children to follow God's plan for their life by being an example of the love of God. You know, and I don't care who you are, everybody loves mama. I love my mama, and I love uh, my, my mother-in-laws, and, uh, and I love the way my wife uh, mothers. And, uh, but everybody loves mama. Even if you and your mother don't see eye to eye, anybody ever not saw eye to eye to your uh, mom at times, don't raise your hand if she's in here because she might smack you. And then you will be seeing eye to eye, right? But you know, even if we don't see eye to eye with our moms at times, we love our mama. We protect our mama. We would fight to the death over our mom. You know, I've watched different documentaries and things of, of some of the worst criminals in prison. And uh, as, as hardened as they are, they still love their mama. 
Amen? And a lot of them, well, I was, I was watching one documentary of a famous guy uh, who, who really was just all in all just a thug his whole life. Um, but, uh, you know, his, his mother, he, he elevated her to uh, this, this status of, of, of a queen in his life of, of just the most, I mean, if you heard him describe his mother, uh, she would have, you would have thought he was talking about uh, the most graceful, um, the most dignified woman to ever walk the face of the earth. And truth be known, he would never say it because that's his mother. But truth be known, she was a crackhead that was in and out of prison. She was. What is that? That's the power of being able to love your mother. Amen? No matter what. Um, we know that outside of God, mama has to be the only person to ever love us unconditionally. You know, that guy wasn't on the right path, but I guarantee you if he was in trouble, he was going to mama, right? And um, our moms have seen, it, seen us at our best and they've seen us at our worst. And they never back off of loving us. Can I get an amen? God graces mothers in a special way for the part he calls them to play in our lives. The reason we can look at what, our, what a mom does and take it for granted is because we're watching someone in their grace. And that's, that's very important. The reason why we can watch a mom and just think, um, you know, take things for granted a lot of times is because we're watching someone in their grace. Someone in their grace can perform a task almost uh, at ease that someone not graced to do it would struggle at. I'll give you an example. Uh, how many you know um, that there's a lot of great brain surgeons in the world? Anybody? There's a lot of great brain surgeons in the world. And, and if you had something wrong with your brain, you would, you would go to them. They say they're the, the highest specialists in their field. And, and we tout someone as a brain surgeon way up here. And how many you know there's a lot of great welders in the world? Right? We got one back there. I know we got more than one here. Uh, uh, but I'm just looking at Luke because I just, I just see him every time I look up. Luke's a great welder, phenomenal welder. But guess what? I don't want him doing brain surgery on me. Right? And here's the other thing. He works for Brant and he welds up pipelines and stuff. I bet Brant wouldn't hire a brain surgeon to come out and weld up a pipeline, would he? Nope. Why? Because one is grace for one thing as one is grace for the other. But we wouldn't look at the brain surgeon and say, because you can't weld a pipeline that you're dumb and you don't know what you're doing and all that stuff. And we wouldn't look at a, at a great welder and say, because you can't do brain surgery, you're dumb and you don't know what you're doing. Right? Because one person is grace for one thing and another person is grace for another thing. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 27. Let's go over there real quick. I want to show you how God actually is the one who does these things. He is the one who graces us. Of course, we could go to a lot of other scriptures, uh, but I want to go here. And the Apostle Paul is talking to the Corinthian church because he's trying to help the Corinthian church make, make them understand that in the body of Christ, there are a lot of different giftings, but just because, there are, because there's a lot of different giftings, we have to work together and we can't despise another gifting because they're not gifted like us. So uh, 1 Corinthians 12 Verse 12 says, for as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. And I'll, I'll elaborate that a little bit. 
I always like to, to, to talk about the body of Christ. Uh, the Apostle Paul talked about the body of Christ as an actual body. He gave that illustration. He also gave an illustration as like a building where there's a foundation and then there's all different types of building and God puts the members in the body as he wills. So he puts them where they need to go depending on what, they, what function they are. But I always like to look at it as a team. And the reason why is because I think we understand that and, and, and we're, we're, you know, our generation is, is so um, mesmerized by sports and all these things. But, but, you know, we wouldn't go and look at a football team or something and, 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 and look at, uh, you, know, you know, take the best uh, center in the whole wide world, the best center on a football team in the whole wide world. We wouldn't look at him and go, man, you really are terrible as a quarterback, would we? No, because we need the center and we need the center to be able to do what he does. And we wouldn't look at a quarterback and say, well, you're really terrible as a lineman. He knows that. That's why he's not a lineman. But a lot of times in the body of Christ, what we begin to do is we begin to look for people to be exactly like us. And we begin to look at churches to fit into these molds to be exactly like us. Right? I see it all the time. Instead of looking at people and saying, no, this person is gifted for this and this person is gifted for that. And if we've got that person doing what they're gifted at and this person doing what they're gifted at, then that means the body of Christ is able to move. And that means the body of Christ is able to get up and win. Amen. And that's what you have to do. And that's what has to happen in a family. A lot of times I, I think spouses will, will argue and fight because uh, a, a man is not willing to, to look at, at his wife and go, you're just gifted differently to me and vice versa. Amen? You know, it's the old, you know, didn't load the dishwasher right thing. You know what I'm saying? You know, I wish I had some help around here. And then, and then you know, you, you go, okay, I'll help. Now, you didn't help me right. Right? Hey, put your hand down, Tyler. It's Mother's Day. All right? Just go, go easy. And then it's the, same, it's, it's the other way around, too. Men will, will, will have these responsibilities <clears throat> that probably begin to pile up on you. I know I've been there before. You begin to pile up, and you feel like you just don't have any help, and then you just start looking at the first person to blame. Right? Or maybe you have the financial stress on you as a man or, or, or different things like that. And, 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 and we begin to look at each other and we begin to think because, because you're not like me, then we're going to have a problem, right? Instead of understanding and knowing that I'm gifted as a man, I'm gifted as a husband, I'm gifted as a father. My wife is gifted as a woman. She's gifted as a mother. She's, she's gifted as a wife. And I want to honor her in her giftings and I want to support in her giftings and I want to do whatever I can do to submit to her giftings. You know, the Bible doesn't just talk about women submitting to men. A lot of times men want to pause, say, uh, pull that scripture out and say, well, the Bible says that, that, that women need to submit to their husbands, but it also says that we submit one to another. You know what that means? Hey, Miss Francis, go easy on him. All right. I'm getting a lot of amens today, but they're a little spiked amens. <laughs> I'm trying to bring our families closer together on Mother's Day, not drive us apart. <laughs> Say, Pastor, you're meddling. Just go back to passing out flowers and let's go home. But what we have to do is we have to begin to submit one to another. See, I, I, there's been times as a, as a husband and, and, and especially as a father, I've had to submit to my wife because of her giftings, because how many of you know dads and moms parent differently? Amen? 
And I've had to submit to my wife because she's had to say, now she doesn't do it in front of the kids or anything like that, but she's had to come to me and say, now listen, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to tell you what to do, but I think you're seeing this wrong and boom, 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 boom. And I go, you know what? You're probably right. And begin to take her advice and, 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 and listen to her. But there's been other times where she's had to listen to me and I've had to say, hey, I don't know about this. I don't think that we're seeing this right on this deal. And she's had to say, okay, that is a team. That's not a family that's pulling against each other. Because a lot of times, uh, you, you, normally you have uh, one strong partner and they stomp their foot and they just say, what's what? And it can be male or it can be female. But how do you know that's one-sided? Amen? I'm not saying you're not going to argue. I'm not saying you're not going to have to come to an agreement. But what we do have to do is we have to honor each other for the giftings that God has given us. We have to recognize that there are, there are people in our lives, namely our spouse, and, and because it's Mother Day, Mother's Day, we're talking about our moms, we're talking about our wives, and we have to recognize and know that, 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 that they know things that we don't know. They have instincts that we don't have as men, as kids, right? And that when a, when a mother says something, when a mother does something, now I know there's exceptions to the rules, but I haven't met many of these exceptions. But when a mother says something or a mother does something or our mother gives it that, that advice or when she's trying to help lead you into things, um, most of the time, I'll say near almost all the time, even if they're wrong, they're trying to do it because they love you and they want to help see you make the right decision. Right? Now, as moms and as dads, we have to make sure that when it comes to our kids, when it comes to our families, when it comes to our, our husbands, and it would be the same for men, but we have to make sure that we're not trying to push out our own opinions and our own desires. We have to make sure that we're seeking God for our families because that will root out any selfish desire. Amen? Because you can't have self, any, any people in here ever had a selfish desire? Raise your hand. I'm going to raise my hand. All right. Good. I'm in the right house. You can push out a selfish desire if you're not in the word and if you're not in prayer. And, I, and I'll tell you my, my, my best example as just a person. And, uh, and God really, really helped me one morning. But uh, years ago when I was, I was young, I, I might have been 20, 21. So I'd only been a youth pastor for a couple of years and um, we were having early morning prayer. And, and I remember I would, I would have all the teenagers on, uh, I, I eventually had them all memorized, but I used to have a list and I would go around and I would, I would call each one of them out by name, the ones that I had back then. And um, I got in this, in this habit of going around and praying specific plans, not plans from the word of God, specific plans based on what I thought. And I would call one of them's name out and I would say, you know, I just thank you, Lord, that, you know, I'm just going to throw some random stuff out there, that they grow up to be a successful doctor or a lawyer or this, that, and the other. And I was calling out these specific things. Mind you, I was young and dumb. And so one morning after about two or three mornings of doing this, the Lord just stopped me. He said, hey, he said, how about, how about you stop praying your will for them and you start praying my will for them? And I went, I thought I was praying good things. I was desiring good things for them. 
How many know as, as parents sometimes we can get so ahead of ourselves that we want to force, manage, and manipulate who our kids grow up to be? When the Word of God says that we need to train up a child in the way that they should go, train them up according to their individual gift or bent. And now the Lord can show you that. He can begin to show you that. But you cannot push your way. I've seen so many parents like, you're going to do this. You're going to continue in the family business. What if they're not gifted for that? What if that's not God's plan for their life? You're going to do this because all of our family's always done that. What if they're not supposed to do that? Well, I don't care what they're supposed to do. I know what's best. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Maybe God knows what's best. Amen? You know, years ago, Jackson got into... Um, just being the school chiropractor. I don't know why. I mean, he just started, I guess he got on YouTube and he just decided to start cracking kids' backs and necks. And I was a little concerned <laughs> when I found this out. But as we kind of went on and he just really liked it and, I, and, you know, so we started saying, maybe that's what you're supposed to do. I don't know. Maybe that's what you're supposed to do. And as we got closer and closer, you know, uh, he started asking me about different professions. I think that's great. I, th I think that that's what you're supposed to do. I think that's great. And then he finally did settle on. And, and of course, I know settle on. He's, he's 18 years old and, and there's, there's big room to change and everything like that. But he said, you know, I think I do want to do that. I think that's what I'm supposed to do. And I, and I remember distinctively saying, buddy, if you're only doing that because we've kind of said that over the years, that, that, I'm not trying to push that on you. You need to do what God's called you to do. Whatever that is, I'm going to support that. I'm going to back that. And, and God's got a plan for you. I'm not saying that I don't see that happening. I'm just saying I don't want you to be pursuing that path because we have just, I said, because I'll be honest with you, I've prayed for God's will to be done in your life, but I have not prayed. And, and the Lord come down and told me you're supposed to go after that profession. I just haven't done that because I've always just said, Lord, let, the, let your will be done in his life. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in his life as it is in heaven. Help me to recognize that, and I'll back up whatever, whatever you, I recognize in him and whatever you begin to talk to him about. And that's, what, that's the approach that we have to take as parents, and especially moms, because I believe that, that, that dads are super, super important. But how many of you know, uh, you know, not, not trying to stir up any, 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 anything in this morning, but, you know, mom's opinion sometimes is a whole lot more important than dad's to a kid. I'm just being honest. I think... When they get older, they'll come to dad and say, dad might have known some things, but, but, but that, that comfort, that reassurance of, is mom good with this? Because I want mom to be good with the direction that I'm taking in my life. And so as, as moms, I believe that, that our responsibility to love and to nourish and to, and, to, and to back up what God has put into their life and as grandmothers is, is super important because there's something about knowing that your mom is behind you that makes you feel like you can conquer the world. Amen. So that's very, very important uh, and, and, and to be able to, uh, to recognize that. Uh, but let's go on and uh, see verse 12 of chapter 12, 1 Corinthians. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many if the foot should say, because I'm not of the hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing? And if the whole were hearing, where would, the, where would be the smelling? 
But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleases. Keeps going, it says, and if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed there are, there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary, and those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor, and our unrepresented parts have greater modesty. But our presentable parts have no need, but God composed the body having given greater honor to that part which lacks it. Uh, and there should be no schism in the body, that, uh, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. And if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now, you are the body of Christ and members individually. When we see somebody operating in their God-given grace, it can look so effortlessly that we take that person for granted. And I think moms get this a lot. We see them loving us. We see them taking care of us. We see them concerned about us, praying for us, feeding us, cleaning up after us, protecting us. It can be so ordinary that we miss the extraordinary ministry that is taking place before our eyes. I heard this uh, joke. I heard about a missionary who was uh, trying to stir up interest um, to get uh, people to go to a foreign country and preach the gospel. And at the end of the service, this woman, uh, she came up and she was dragging this little boy behind her. And uh, she told the missionary, she said, uh, I just feel like God is calling me to be a missionary. And uh, the, the missionary said, he is indeed. And he pointed at the little boy and he said, and that's the little heathen that needs to be preached to right there. <laughs> Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 1.5, when I call to remembrance, and I love this scripture, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded it is in you also. So this is one of the first pastors the church is in, is in its infancy, and Paul and the other apostles were looking for men of God uh, to pastor the churches, and one of the first men on the scene was Timothy, whose faith had been passed to him through the ministry of motherhood. you got to think about this. There wasn't a bunch of churches, and there weren't a lot of pastors. There was apostles, and the past, pastors were being developed because it takes time to develop the fivefold ministry. And one of the first churches that had an actual pastor that was outside of the, the apostles was Timothy. He was a young man. And the reason why God chose him was because he showed Paul that this faith that was in his grandmother and his mother had been passed on to him. Listen, it doesn't matter what, 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 you, what you're looking at as a mother or a grandmother well, you're, the, the decisions that maybe your kids or grandkids or great-grandkids have made, it doesn't matter what you're looking at. It matters what are you passing to them. Amen? Because we can look at what they're becoming and like it or dislike it or just be like, oh, it's kind of whatever. But it doesn't matter what we're looking at as parents. It matters what we're passing on as parents. Amen? And as mothers and as grandmothers, and I'll, I'll throw in dads and granddads too, we, we've got to make sure that we're passing on the right thing. 
That we're not just sitting in a place of correction, although that is one of our places, that there's a place of correction, but not that we're just sitting in a place of correction, but we're also sitting in a place of, of, of preparation where we are preparing them for who God's called them to be by praying and confessing and standing in a place of faith just like, uh, just like Timothy's grandmother and mother did, passing on faith. Letting them see you live a life of faith, no matter what life they're living, they see you living a life. And I guarantee you, the Bible says when you train up a child in the way that they should go, when they're old, they won't depart from it. Meaning that, that, that just like you, there's, there's going to be a moment in their life where God comes to them. And I believe that a lot of times the ones who really make a drastic turn back to the Lord are the ones who have been sown into and sown into and sown into. And one day they meet God. And they remember what was sown into them way back when. And all the prayers that have been prayed and all the words spoken begin to grow in their life. Amen? Titus was another young pastor that Paul wrote to and instructed in the ministry and gave him these instructions. Titus 2, 1 through 5, it says, But as for you, speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine, that the older men be sober, reverent, temperate, sound in faith, in love and patience. Verse 3, that the older women likewise... That they be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. That they admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, to be chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. So just like we need mothers operating in their special gifts in our homes to raise up our godly children, our, our, our children... We also need mothers in the church to raise up godly children. Amen? Whether, whether you like it or not, if you're a, a, a lady in this place, there's somebody looking at you. There's somebody looking towards you. I know I had this growing up. When I, when I started coming to church, I, I started having, and, and I, I, never, I never knew about this before, but I started having church mothers. You hear that a lot in different circles and stuff, but, but they're important. Amen? Some of you ladies in here have been super important to my life, whether you know it or not, because you've, you've raised me spiritually. You've spoken words of encouragement. You've given me space to grow. You've sown into my life over the years. And so uh, I, I believe that, that you're so important, and not just to me, but you're so important to the, to the growth and the health of this place. Amen? That, that, that we don't look at you as just another face that walks in those back doors, but we, we, look at, we look at you and we're looking to you. Amen? We're looking to you to be a person of prayer. We're looking to you to be a woman of the word. We're looking at you to be a person of worship and say, I, I don't want all that responsibility. Absolutely you do. Why? Because that is going to be fruit accounted to you when you go to heaven. When, if the Lord comes to get us beforehand or whether you go to meet him, you're going to be accounted to that fruit. There's going to be people that you have no idea that God accounted to you as fruit because you prayed for them, because you encouraged them, because you prayed over them, because you spoke a word to them because you taught a Sunday school class, I mean a, a, a children's church class, or because you worshiped in this place and somebody looked over and said, man, I want to be like them. Amen. Amen. 
Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about because you've looked at other ladies in churches, whether it's this church or maybe the church you grew up in, and said, my goodness, I want to be like that lady right there. Of course, you know all your faults and you know all your failures, and you think, I, I, don't, I don't know that I could ever be that person. Hey, that makes you even more of a candidate. Why? Because someone looks at you and goes, hey, I, I, I saw what she struggled through. I saw the loss that she came up to. I saw the hard times that she came up to. I saw the times where, where she just bowed out of church altogether. But, you know, all of a sudden, she got it all together, and she came back with a vengeance, and she began to worship God again. She began to pray again. She began to read her word again. She began to take her place in the body of Christ again. Amen? Church mothers are super important. Having mothers in the church is a vital building block to having a healthy church. So what do mothers in the church do? They do the same thing they do at home. Love the church unconditionally. And pass on genuine faith to people. Just like a child needs a mother to believe in them and encourage them, the church needs the same support from the mothers. Just like a child needs a mother to stand in the gap and intercede in prayer over them, the church needs the same support from her mothers. God has graced us all for a specific place in the body of Christ, and the church is in desperate need of mothers too. Desperate need of mothers to pray, to protect, to nourish, to encourage, and to pass on faith to the next generation. I don't know about you, but there's, there's a way, I'm beginning to see this, there's a way that, that mothers are able to approach um, touchy situations that dads can't. Maybe a few select dads can't. Maybe you've got the right demeanor. But most of the time, Dads come in with a plan of action, and this is what you're going to do. And a lot of times, when somebody's in a certain situation, it's not very welcomed. But a mom's got a way of coming into situations that are awkward, that are, you know, let's just take for an example, somebody, somebody in the church fall into sin and get all kind of embarrassed, and then they, it's just, it's just an awkward situation. Well, a man might would go to that situation and be like, you just need to straighten up and do what the Word says and get right or, go to, or you're going to go to hell, you know. Whereas a mom might come in and love you first, see how you're doing, start asking some questions, get you to open up, and then be able to bring that healing in their life. So I don't want you moms in this place, and even if you're not a physical mother but you're a lady in this place you've got those natural giftings I don't want you to see yourself as insignificant in the body of Christ if you're not singing on the stage or teaching somewhere or, 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 or something that looks important I want you to know that there is someone in this place now or will be that just needs the gifting of a mother in their life. Amen? And I know we preach this scripture a lot to the teenagers. We talk about them not despising their youth, but how many you know there's a lot of adults that despise their youth? They think, I'm not educated enough. 
They think, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure about some things enough. I, you know, I've got some problems of my own. Listen, if God is using you in a situation, let God use you. He'll help you. He'll guide you. We've been talking all month about wisdom. If you need wisdom for a situation, if you know that, you know, I don't know, but I feel like the Lord could help me, could use me to go help restore somebody. Go restore them. Go speak to them in the way that God instructs you to speak to them. It's very, very important. I don't know. I don't know if they want me in their business. Well, they'll let you know if they don't want you in their business. They'll let you know real quick. But you know what? They might invite you into that situation and, they might, and, and God might be able to use you to bring that person back to God. Or to encourage someone. You know, we need to get good as a church at recognizing where, when people are on the fringes. And taking it as a responsibility to go, I see that person just kind of out there. They're hanging around. But they're wait, they may be waiting on someone just to bring them in, just to say, hey, you're part, you're part of what's going on here. Amen? You say, well, that, I think that's your, your job, Pastor. Listen, not everybody likes me. But they might like you. And I'm one person. Amen? And you might have just a way with somebody that, that makes them feel important, that makes them feel loved, that makes them feel apart. So moms, you are extremely important to your family and you're extremely important to the church family. Amen. We're so thankful for you. And I just want to, if you felt like you needed it, I don't think you do, but I'll, I'll just, just to make sure, I want to give you permission to be a mom right here at this place. I want to give you permission to come in and begin to love on the rest of the church people like you love on your own kids or grandkids. To make them feel important. To make them feel like somebody saw them. Amen. I want to thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. And if you would like to help us increase our outreach, please like, share, and subscribe to our channel so that we can bring the word of God to friends and family near you. Don't forget you can check out our location, other podcasts and service times, on our website at woftx.com. If you're in the East Texas area, we'd love for you to stop by and join in for one of our services. We're glad you chose our podcast. Be blessed. We'll see you next time.